you know, when we started the, the Fruit of the Spirit, um, you know, just out there looking and researching and going through some of that, I, 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 was, I was amazed at how little teaching that's specific to this area. Now, as far as pieces of it, love, joy, peace. No, let's don't go to long-suffering. Let's leave that. Let's stop right there. How many, how many just say, love, joy, peace? We're good. Don't, let's don't go down the list, Pastor. You get to that patience part. <laughs> you start talking about having to be kind. And kindness isn't nice. Kindness, kindness is a lot of what I just did. Some of you may have felt a little spanked. That's all right. Maybe some more before it's over. <laughs> but that, that's, that's kindness. And, and today, we're going to look at goodness, but here's, here's the reality. And as I've gone down, down the list where a lot of them, it'll say gentleness, which is meekness. It says faithfulness, which is really faith, pistis. We're going to talk about that next week. And, and so it doesn't always get translated as well as it should, in my opinion. If you go back to, the, to, to just the good old-fashioned King James... And I know it's a little difficult to read. It actually lays this out pretty clear, much more close to the original words. So when I say goodness, it is good, but it's, it's not always translated properly. And with this particular Greek word today in goodness, you only find it four times in the, in the New Testament. Now, if you go to the root meaning, you'll find it all the way through the Gospels, the book of Acts, the epistles. It's, it's all through there uh, in the translation from the root meaning. But, but again, sometimes we cross over, and if we take it at face value, and we just say, okay, goodness, okay, good. Okay, well, Jesus, you know, Acts 10.38, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good. Well, that good is not this good. And if you don't study, you don't get it. Or if you don't come to church and get good word-based Bible teaching, you won't get it. That's why this is vital. Because we got, we got a modern gospel that is so drifted from the Word of God. And I love the songs we sing, but some of them, they are jacked up or they're not complete. They don't give you the full picture. If you want a firm foundation in your life, you better go to the Word of God. And you better obey the Word of God. Jesus clearly said, the house that's built on the sand is you heard and did nothing. The house that's built on the rock is when you hear and obey. You understand it, and then you put it into practice. And so that, that's, it, it, and, and if, if that's not the church you want to be a part of, you better find another one because this pastor is going to preach the word of the living God. Pure, unadulterated word. So this goodness is not good. The other, when it says that Jesus went about doing good, that word is where we get the word philanthropy. It's a good word. It's a, I'm glad that Jesus modeled that. But when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, it's a different meaning. How many of you want to know what that is? 
<laughs> I, I may play a little Dr. Carmen on you here, you know. Because if you don't want to know, you know, we can just stop right now. But how many of you really want to know? What is, what is this fruit of the Spirit goodness? What is that really saying? Let's read Galatians 5, 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, which is faith, gentleness, which is meekness. That's not, uh, that's a, uh, we'll look at that here in a couple of weeks. And self-control, temperance. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Why? Because right before this, he talks about the manifestation of the works of the flesh. And they ain't good. <laughs> they produce bad things in your life. He said, you've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This thing's got to get... So, four times this particular Greek word is mentioned. Four times. We're going to look at all four. One of them's right here, and then there's three more. Let me, let me go ahead and just tell you what it means. And then we're going to dissect from the other three verses how we bring some application to this. Goodness, again, just like I talked about, and if you don't know this, I, I've talked to some of you and, and you weren't aware of this. Some of you need to be aware that I'm doing teaching for the online platform, which is separate from the local platforms. So our, the Life Church online that's on YouTube, I'm doing that every week for the most part. In kindness, I drill that down to what that really looks like. I think it would be good for you to go back and listen to that. So that you really, because I'm going to the root meanings back into what is the original. What's the Greek say? So now let's look at goodness. The goodness that is part of the fruit, again, of the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't originate from us. This thing's beyond us. It's when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that His Spirit comes to abide, make His abode on the inside of us. So that now our spirit man has come alive unto God, God's Spirit's dwelling within us, and now we're living in this, in this place of union, and there is a growth process. There is still a process of renewing our minds, of, of life transformation. Not, again, not behavior modification, but life transformation from the inside. And this process, in union with the Holy Spirit, should be producing the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Very distinct, separate fruits, nine of them, like I said, not a lot of teaching out there on them in, in this capacity. So if we go to the gifts over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, oh man, uh, many of you have heard all kinds of teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We know that there's, there's three categories with three in each category. You've got the vocal gifts, you've got the revelation gifts, you've got the power gifts. Ooh, we like the gifts. How many Christmas coming? You know, how many like the gifts? <laughs> Let's don't lie. But see, fruit, to grow something, 
takes some work. Takes some effort. You have to put something into it. A gift, man, that can just show up. But I believe that's why a lot of preachers find themselves in failure. A lot of people, just overall in general, they, 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 they love the gifts, but they don't develop the fruit. But when you develop the fruit, boom. All right, are you ready for the meaning? Here's your meaning. Goodness is something that is working within and without of your life from this place. The original definition says it is uprightness, heart, and life. Uprightness of heart and life. Uprightness, some of you taking notes, I'm glad, man. Because true goodness has an integrity to it. That's what I meant to say with kindness. Kindness does not have ulterior motives. This has moral integrity at the basis of this thing. True goodness comes from a place of not just being good in the sense of being nice, being you know, just some wishy-washy, you know, no, you know, just tolerant of anything and just do whatever and just give your everything away and just, oh, well, you just want to be good. No. True goodness says, I have a moral standard and from my life, from within and without, an uprightness, because think about it, it means it has a sense of integrity of your life. Living a life of integrity is something that God is, I believe, pleading with his people, with his church, to rise up and do, especially in this day, in this hour, in this environment, in this climate. And the first point in this is goodness is first proving what is pleasing to God. Goodness is first pleasing. Where do you get that from? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 10 says, For you were once darkness. He's writing to Christ followers. He's writing to believers. He said, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the Spirit. Look at this. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, there's your word, uprightness, righteousness, and truth. Ooh. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Too many people ain't spent enough time to really find out what is really acceptable to God. And they're jacked up, they're messed up with all this modern day stuff, you know, and it's like anything goes. Like there is not going to be a judgment someday. I was reading in the book of Acts this morning, and I hit chapter 24, where Paul is having a discussion with Felix. Obviously, he talked to him about righteousness, about temperance, self-control of your life. We're going to get to that in the fruit of the Spirit. And judgment to come, coming from a place of the just and the unjust, the righteous and the wicked. Listen, folks, there's still a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You better understand that. There's still going to be accountability. And it said that it rocked Felix so bad that he was terrified, and he, he said, get him out of here. Get him, go, 
Have him go away. <laughs> Whoo! What all did Paul tell that man? It shook him to the core of who he was. Why? Because he was evil. He was corrupt. He was... <laughs> The only reason why he was trying to hang out with Paul and have him come in, the Bible says that he was trying to get a bribe. <laughs> it was a money deal. Come on. Politics. Politics. Politic. <laughs> Some of you will get that. <laughs> Follow the money trail. See, some, somehow today it's like, it doesn't matter. There's, where's the uprightness? Where's integrity? Where's character? Does this really matter that you've, you've got one party that they're, they're willing to let the media call the election? They're willing to allow for fraudulent voting and whatever. Why? Because... The end to them justifies the means. Anytime, any organization, culture, people group, anybody that somehow begins to justify the end or justify the means for the end result, I'm telling you, it can go evil. Years ago, I was in Israel. And I was over there, and we went into Bethlehem, and we're in Bethlehem, and literally we're in this restaurant, and they got the crusaders that are, that are painted all over the walls within, in, this, in this restaurant. And, and, they, and, and so I was like, okay, have you ever had your, your, your sensory kind of thing start going, something ain't right here? And then they take us to a Bible school, where the chancellor of the Bible school has written a book that he's given everybody that says the, the title of the book is Through the Eyes of a Victim, and it's a justification for the Palestinians to commit suicide bombings against the Israelis. And they were supported by one of the major denominations from America to fund it. See, when the end justifies the means, you got evil that will flourish. God is looking for us to be light in the midst of this darkness, to hold a standard of truth, to live as righteous, accepted by God, but out of that, goodness, true goodness, that is going to represent Him. How? By some kind of, of flaky pipe dream of, of some kind of mealy mouth love? No! Love that says God is God, His word is true, and if you violate it, there's consequences. Whew, I knew this was probably going to turn here. <laughs> Number two, goodness qualifies us to teach. Look at this, Romans chapter 15. There's a lot of people out there, they ain't even qualified to teach. They hadn't done, they're not maintaining what it needs to qualify because to qualify is this. Look at this. I, look at what Paul says here. In, now, remember, Romans 
These are epistles. These are letters, and you can't take something just out of context. I dare you to read the whole book of Romans in one setting. I dare you to just sit down and start in chapter 1 and read all the way through the book of Romans. Because from the beginning, it's going to slap you silly. And you find out just how big a sinner we really are. How much of a Savior we really need. And what faith will gain in access to this wonderful grace that God offers. And the resurrection life in the Spirit of God. As you roll into chapter 8, you know, and where you see that we're still in process, the renewing of the mind. And then you don't stop there. You end up with the realization that we're only grafted in as Gentiles, that God, the root of this thing, still goes back to Judaism. That he still has a people that he's got a covenant with. And then you get over here, finally you're in progress, you're moving here, and in chapter 15, as you're winding down towards the end of the letter, he says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness, of uprightness of heart and life. Keep that in mind. Goodness, goodness is uprightness of heart and life. It's within and it's without. It's within, but it's without. It's not just good intentions. How many, how many heard that? Oh, but they just, they, they really got good intentions. Then why did they do that? Because if there's good intentions, they're supposed to be working outwardly. they got to work hand in hand. He said, goodness, that you are full of goodness, you know these things. What things? Again, the moral standard of God. That's what Ephesians said goodness is. It's an uprightness. He said, you know these things so well that you can teach each other all about them. I broke that down in the New Living so that you could really get it. I know that, that Pastor John Holler always called that the Toys R Us Bible. He said, if you want to be an adult and get you a grown-up Bible, you've got to go get a King James. <laughs> but sometimes I'll use it because it, it does give a, better, a little better understanding in the New Living. And here he says that this goodness, that when you fully get an understanding of this and you know, okay, here's the standard. Here's what's acceptable to God. Here's what's not acceptable to God. And when you clearly have that defined, now you have been qualified that we're going to begin to teach one another in the things of God. I, I, I don't... I'm just, sometimes I, I, I'm shocked, and, and usually, it, again, we just had another major, and they had not, they're not making a big deal out of it, believe me. They don't want to make a big deal out of it, but because you've got a major pastor of a major church out of a major movement that just had a big-time moral fall and has been removed from ministry. And years ago, when I started looking at who he was hanging with, Around the, listening to him in some of the interviews and seeing the compromise and the lack of convictions, I'm like, there's a problem. You've, you've got to have more 
of a, of a moral code within. You need a moral compass within. You need to have the Word of God on the inside of you so that you can clearly define right and wrong and make a clear distinction and from that place be able to teach others. Number three, I'm going to give this last one. That's why don't, don't be trying to tell me about people trying to teach the Bible when they, they, they ain't got enough sense to get out of the rain. They're, they have drank the Kool-Aid of the modern day. And they end up all the... Anyway, I've I got to get off of that. Would the true men of God step up and women of God step up and preach the holy word of God? Somehow in the midst of this. Number three, goodness will fulfill God's purpose for your life. I love what Prophet Ed Trout said. He said, and, I, and I, I would like to hear all of them. You know, sometimes we're like, teach those. He said there's eight things that will actually attract God to your life. Now again, we know the grace of God by the blood of Jesus that we're made acceptable in his sight. That's one thing to be accepted in his sight. And listen, if you think God is a, is a socialist and that we're all going to get the same paycheck, you are sadly mistaken. You better read your Bible. Because at the judgment seat of Christ, you accepting Jesus, you, it, the Bible says, okay, you'll be saved, but there is going to be works that are tried by fire, and there's either going to be wood, hay, stubble, precious stone, silver, or gold. How you live your life is going to determine your place on the other side. And it's not socialism. Somebody's mansion's going to be bigger than somebody else. I know, I know a couple of guys that are probably going to get an outhouse. <laughs> There's yours, buddy. Should have lived your life different. Well, Pastor, that seems cruel. That's not kind. Oh. Our holy God said, be ye holy as I am holy. I know this isn't a popular message. But I believe this is the truth. This is the word of the living God. You can't read your Bible. And I don't care. Some of them, they don't want to start reading their Bible until after the cross. Because somehow they think after the cross that, that you can just cut take scissors and cut right there and just do away with all this, everything else over here, like God was a different God over here on, on this other side. And then somehow you just read from this place going forward? Well, go ahead and really read your Bible and tell me if there are in some areas in there that scare the bejeebers out of you. Look at the book of Acts. Explain to me Ananias and Sapphira. They dropped dead in church. I'm telling you, he's still a holy God. And there may be some repentance going on here this morning by the time we're done. There needs to be. God is looking for a people who will be upright in heart, in life, that is living their life to please him and to make a true impact on our world. A true impact on our world.
2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling. That he may count you worthy of his calling. Look at what Paul, he's the apostolic leader of the New Testament church, planted all those churches in all those different areas throughout Galatia, a whole region, throughout all the, all the other cities. And he's, and he's writing here to the church of Thessalonica, and they said that they shared these letters among themselves and ultimately brought and put together into the Bible, into the New Testament, that you would be counted worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours, every good desire of yours. God is for us, folks. He's not against us. He's not a beat-you-up God. He's not waiting to smack you around. He basically, I think God's more libertarian than we ever thought about. He's like, you, you choose. You want life and blessing? Or you want cursing and death? I know, I know that's, that's stout, but in so many ways, he said, Who's, Jesus would say, whosoever will, let him come. He's not going to make you. What is it that is stirring the desires of your heart? And he says, these are the good, the upright purpose of yours. What's that dream on the inside of you? What is that? God, he, His goodness. Why? Because God is good. He's upright. He's a just God. And again, He's on our side. He's for us, not against us. And He says, and look, in every act prompted by your faith. We're going to talk about faith next week. It, I, it is powerful. Every act prompted by your faith. So the goodness of your purpose, the act of your faith, these things coming together bring great fulfillment. Bring you to a place of being worthy of his calling. Where our life stays on course we we have the trajectory of of hitting the mark of being all that God created us to be so that when we do stand before him he says well done good and faithful servant and that's a different kind of good only for now it's a root from this word but only four scriptures from this particular Greek meaning. Only four. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. We need God by His Holy Spirit to do this. Listen, this message is not a message of work harder within yourself. Fruit is produced when that tree has good roots down in good soil, grabbing nutrients and resources 
getting the, getting the right water. That's why Psalm 1 t- speaks of it the way he does. That there is, there's a blessed place when you're planted by the rivers of water that is able to bring forth fruit in its season. You got to make sure that you're planted, that you are you are feeding, that you are spending time with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. I was around some great men of God this week there at Global Summit Men's Conference, and you could hear it. Some of the most highly respected individuals doing incredible things around the world and if you really listen beyond the 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 charisma beyond the the preaching gift beyond the the a lot of the what happens in in kind of a men's ministry you know where you're shouting and high-fiving and fist bumping and and uh you'd hear the time they spend in prayer the time they spend in God's Word, the time that they're willing to protect on a daily basis to be with God. Because you, you're not going to produce this in and of yourself. All we'll get is more works of the flesh. That's why it uses that term. You can have the works of the flesh or you can have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. I'm telling you, if you're spending time with Him and your heart is transparent and again, you, you really are absorbing and taking that in, good things are going to happen. You're going to fulfill your God-given purpose. You're going to fulfill the desires of your heart. Take that scripture right there. Some of you need to take that and I mean write it down and memorize it and and just speak that out over your life that god i thank you for for just as apostle paul was praying that i'll be worthy of your calling and that by your goodness or this goodness working in me that i'll fulfill the purpose for my life let's stand to our feet as we prepare to dismiss here shortly but before we do there's some that you're here this morning you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life you need to maybe truly come on board with saying I need a biblical worldview I need to stop see some people the only reason why they're they're there they're they're in that place is they they've taken the wrong stuff in and they're being deceived and that's happened throughout history how do you think cults get there? That, that's, that's how deception, the way that thing works, it, the devil doesn't show up with a red suit and a pitchfork. But just like from the beginning with the, in the Garden of Eden, the way he deceived Eve, it's just that little question and that little stuff. Oh, did God really say that? Oh, God may be holding out on you. You've got to make sure that you are investing the Word of God on the inside of you. Just read your Bible. 
pray. Allow him to speak to you. Amen. There's some here, if your head's about, eyes closed right now, and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. Whether it's for the first time or you're here to rededicate your life, I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer of, of decision, a profession of faith this morning. Listen, he so loved you, he gave Jesus to die for you. He paid the ultimate price. The shedding of that innocent blood was for each and every one of us. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to accept that today. Raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Yes, hands are going up around this building right now. If you need to rededicate your life. Any, any others? Yes, a lot of hands here this morning. Raise them up. I'm going to pray right now. Let God see. Let God know you mean business. Father, we thank you for each and every one of these. Guys. God, is they're acknowledging their need for you. It's not about joining this church. It's not, it, it, it's not about a club. It's, it's about being a part of the family of God and being able to, to enter into the full acceptance by the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for the work of salvation in their lives as they make this their prayer. Now, I want to lead you. I'm going to lend you some words. You've got to mean this from your heart. I can't do this for you, but I just want to encourage you right now. Just pray this from your heart and watch what God's going to do. Let's everyone pray out loud together. Help some that may be praying for the first time. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price, the penalty for my sin. I receive that gift today. I receive forgiveness today. I receive your love today. I thank you for transforming my life by your Spirit. Help me to live for you all the days of my life to only serve you and make a difference in the world that you have placed me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for those decisions. Amen. Go ahead, give them a good hand clap.